lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. It is our annual sports throwback jersey week. I'm here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. I went to my all-time favorite on day one. My Jackie Robinson, 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers throwback. It's the 75th anniversary of, uh, I think, one of the most important Americans uh, in modern times, uh, breaking the color barrier. So I decided to bust that out uh, for the first day of Sports Jersey Week. But I got to tell you, if you're wondering how this week is going to go, I woke up this morning and this was the first thought that I had. Straight up, first thing I thought when I woke up this morning. Oh, it all makes sense now. The reason we gave up on protecting the poppy fields in Afghanistan, uh, I mean, uh, uh, defending our strategic position there, is because it was no longer necessary to protect their drug trade now that we had established an opioid outpost, trading outpost right at our southern border. I mean, there was no point in the added extra expense going halfway across the world to protect the Afghani poppy fields for another 20 years when we've got a fentanyl trading post right at the southern border, right here in our own hemisphere. You should have gone back to sleep at that point. And it's a lot cheaper import. made a lot of sense. I mean, the reason why we are unilaterally investing in a losing strategy in Ukraine is because our elites, uh, they have done more business with uh, the World Economic Forum than they have Putin's oligarchs. That's why. That's why. Oh, okay. Well, now I make. Oh, and you know, Raytheon and Lockheed Martin fell behind after two years of COVID. Makes total sense. Makes that makes as much sense as absolutely anything else does. Tell me what other explanations make sense. No other explanations make sense. And I'm totally open to nothing is supposed to make sense. That it's just demonic, bro. I am totally open to that as well. But. When those are the first thought, and by the way, I hate the fact the last 28 months have done this to me, but I am now, I am fully on board. I am Alex Jones with Bible verses now. I hate the fact the last 28 months has done this to me and continues to wreck me more, but here we are. But if that's the first thing I thought when I woke up this morning, then you can pretty much guess how how the rest of this is going to go today. Uh, we want to let you know and remind you, of course, that this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Tyga Coolers. You might be right now just thinking, you know what? I'm just going to pop a top and listen to these guys go nuts. If that is you, it is cooler season. And our friends at Tyga Coolers have excellent premium coolers just for you that they can also customize for you as well. Uh, you can put your kit on there, anything you want on there, provided it doesn't violate anybody else's copyright. They will do it for you. They do phenomenal work. They did customized coolers for each of us. They've done a couple for us, uh, for me, actually, including uh, one with uh, good old uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, now, maybe you don't want a customized cooler. You don't draw any attention to yourself. You just want a really good cooler. They'll sell you one of those, too, with uh, 10% off with the promo code Steve. When you go to check out at tigacoolers.com, they are an American-made, pro-American company. They offer lifetime warranties as well on their coolers. T-A-I-G-A, tigacoolers.com is where you can go, promo code Steve, to get 10% off at checkout. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Bob Vanderplatz will be joining us here from the Family Leader. And then next hour, it is our most recent Ask Me Anything. You can't get any more recent than it hasn't happened yet. That's the most recent we can get. Todd, do you have good questions this week? 
Yeah, and the leadoff one is one on a topic that you've addressed many times, but never from this angle, and it's pretty heavy, and this guy is genuinely reaching out for some help, so... I'll be fascinated to see where you go with this. All right. You guys know uh, I don't ever see the questions ahead of time, so I will answer them at the same time that you guys see them for the first time, as will I. So that is coming up in the next hour of the show. But let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by the Pox, the World Health Organization's chief poobah, Dr. Tedros, after one of his own panels ruled against declaring monkeypox as an international threat, overruled them and made this announcement. For all of these reasons, I have decided that the global monkeypox outbreak represents a public health emergency of international Concern. Who knows what that means? Monkeypox, which is primarily spread by homosexual men engaging in sodomy, was detected in two U.S. children for the first time. Both children had contact with homosexual men. The CDC isn't issuing warnings to homosexuals to ease off going down to Browntown. Instead, they've released this advice for how to have sex if you have monkeypox. Try virtual sex, masturbate six feet apart, wash afterwards, avoid kissing, wear clothes, and... Cover your rash. Meanwhile, one of the last fascistic holdouts from the previous virus is making a comeback. As Ian Miller at OutKick points out, muzzling kids is back in fashion, and not just in places like L.A. County or New York City. Places like Louisville, Kentucky, San Diego, California, and elsewhere announced recently they're going back to making your kids wear face diapers as well this coming school year. Debbie Burks is still out on her media circuit pimping her new book. She was asked by Fox News' Neil Cavuto about Joe Biden's COVID infection, the latest high-profile breakthrough COVID case. Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. In completely unrelated news, a new patient paper from the University of Ulsan College of Medicine in South Korea lays the blame of kidney failure in a healthy 16-year-old girl squarely at the feet of Pfizer's COVID jab. The paper says monitoring kidney function in children and adolescents is warranted if they take the jab. White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Ashish Jha updated us on Biden's condition. And as you all saw just a few minutes ago, the president is doing better. He slept well last night. Uh, he ate his breakfast and lunch. I fully. He actually showed me his plate. According to the Washington Free Beacon, Dr. Anthony Fauci, when and if he retires in 2025, will have a higher salary than the president of the United States. Here's an oldie but a goodie. Bill Gates told the BBC back in May his views on tennis superstar Novak Djokovic's defiance of vaccine mandates. It's unfortunate if somebody's health concerns are so extreme uh, that they feel they can't participate in that community protection. If they're an inspirational and trusted person, you know, then if they're spreading that, um, it just makes it tougher to get the vaccination levels that we really need. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I admire him in a lot of ways, but I wish his views on vaccines weren't, uh, weren't 
uh, that way. Moving on, Kamala Bliti Gook update. So when I think about what we need to do to address mayor, um, what ultimately does so often fall on the shoulders of our mayors to address on a community level, um, we need to take action at the federal level. When she wasn't saying nothing, she was inciting violence in the name of baby killing. You'll fight it in the courts, but you'll also fight it streets, which is about organizing the people. The U.S. is set to send another quarter billion dollars of aid to Ukraine. Speaking of corrupt and crazy, here's Congresswoman Liz Cheney. I haven't really, uh, at this point, I have not made a decision about uh, 2024. Um, and I am really very focused on on the substance of what we have to do on the select committee. Cheney is facing a primary in August in her congressional re-election bid, which she has a decent shot at losing. So naturally, of course, if she loses that, President of the United States is a uh, you know, logical next step. A court in Canada has ruled in favor of an Alberta pastor who was at the center of numerous brushes with the law in the past couple of years over COVID restrictions. The court ruled Arthur Pulaski was unlawfully fined, arrested, and jailed for holding a church service in defiance of a ban on worship services. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Moink. Uh, Of course, uh, it is grilling season. And did you know that about uh, 60% of U.S. pork comes from a China-owned company? That's why if you're looking to go farm to table, you know, the way that our grandparents used to consume their carnivore diet. You can do it with our friends over at Moink because Moink tastes like it should because the family farm still does it better. Uh, From ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and so much more, Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. And if you want to take advantage of what Moink has to offer right now, you can get free filet mignon that's right, free filet mignon and every order for a year. Free filet mignon and every order for a year. When you go to moinkbox.com, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. That's moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to the montage. Nothing that Debbie Burks said in her video clip there. And is, is Neil Cavuto just the show on Fox or public health officials go to lie? And does he ever ask any pushback questions? If the public health officials name themselves Donald Trump, would Neil Cavuto finally ask a pushback question or three? We distort, you listen. Indeed. Anyway, nothing, literally nothing, nothing. Nothing that Debbie Burks said in that clip that Aaron played is true. None of it is. It is a complete and total gaslight. None of it is true. Here's what is true. She should be hung by her bedazzled scarf after being found guilty from a jury of her peers, of course. That part's true. That part's true. Um, the president showed me his plate. I got nothing for that other than you'll be seeing a lot more of Kamala as president this time next year. Um, how come Jokovic could play in the U.S. Open last year, but not this year? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? 
Is this on? Anybody? Can can someone possibly explain that to me? <laughs> Does anybody know? What is the reason? I, I okay. I just wanted to make sure we were all clear. There were no good reasons. And that Debbie Burks should be hung from her bedazzled scarf after being found guilty of a jury by a jury of her peers, of course. And if you agree with that, or you want to reach some people that you know need to, we have a unique special coming for you tomorrow right here on Blaze TV. Uh, myself, Daniel Horowitz, Sarah Gonzalez, and we bring the receipts. It is called Uncensored. You do not want to miss this on Blaze TV. We're offering you, it's at 9 Eastern tomorrow. 9 Eastern tomorrow at blazetv.com slash uncensored. You can get $20 off your Blaze TV subscription. Save me your emails. Steve, why don't you guys put this out there so more people can see it? Because if we put it out there, more people won't be able to see it. One of my old small group buddies just texted me. He got banned for posting his own testimony about how ivermectin helped him when he had COVID last year. Some of you, I wonder, are, are you awake? Of course we would put this on every channel if we could. We cannot. That's why we're also giving the biggest discount we can for Blaze TV right now before we lose money on the deal. So get $20 off an annual subscription with the promo code UNSAFE. Promo code UNSAFE so that tomorrow you can watch and get others to watch uncensored a COVID-19 non-vaccine because it's not one discussion. That is tomorrow, 9 o'clock Eastern, July the 26th, right here on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash uncensored. Again, use the promo code UNSAFE to get $20 off your Blaze TV subscription. Um, on Liz Cheney, what's happening here is she is trying to figure out if she can close a deal with CNN or MSNBC or The View without further humiliating herself. Because next year, I will get as many delegates in the Republican primary as Liz Cheney and Larry Hogan will, and I won't be a candidate. But rest assured, she would prefer to not have to humiliate herself any further. She would prefer to not give Trump one-on-one -on -one open access to humiliating her any more than she has already humiliated herself. Nevertheless, I do promise you that if it does take further self-debasement in order to close the deal, she's your huckleberry. And who knows, maybe she'll tell us her old man was a mailman too or something, I don't know, or killed a bunch of Iraqis, I don't know. We'll figure that out, maybe, if she doesn't have the deal. I told you! I warned you at the top of the show. When those were my first, when my first thoughts turned to the Afghani poppy fields, you had to know how this was going to go. All right. I'd like a little Afghani poppy at this point. <laughs> um, let me. The president showed me his plate. I'm sorry. I just had to go back to that one again. I just, I don't even know what to do with that. So I will close with this, and then I will turn it over to Todd and Aaron to respond. I can pretty much sum up what the last 28 months have done to me on a systemic level with the following chain of events. In 2020, you were told 
that if you would not wear a Chinese face diaper to stop an airborne virus that doesn't work, has never worked, and a hundred years, literally a hundred years of studies show, doesn't work. Which is why you've never been asked to wear them every airborne virus season. See, that as flu your entire life. You wanted grandma to die. In 2021, you were told, if I do not offer my body up as a living cadaver lab rat for unaccountable big pharma companies in order to get repeatedly injected with something that won't stop me from actually getting the infection. So there's that. Then it was clear you were anti-science. They didn't care about other people. And now this year you're being told that if you ask homosexuals to stop having rando butt sex and ask questions like, how did children who had contact with LGBTQFU adults test positive for monkeypox when we all know the primary way to spread it is to not have rando butt sex with other people? You're just a bigot. And that, that procession into the ninth ring of hell. Hello, Judas. That, that I just laid out for you, that we have endured over these last 28 months, has absolutely wrecked me and turned me into whatever the hell it is I am right now that I never thought I'd become when I got into this business. But here we are. We must live in the world as it is, not as we wish it to be. Todd and Aaron, your thoughts. Well, on the mask front, the number of school districts that he just showed you that are racing back to the mask. Again, we, we've been talking about this for months off and on at various points in the COVID game about, about whether they're really gone or they're kind of gone if they're coming back. This is this is a sign of the cult, you know, embracing the fact that it has the mark. It They, they want all that comes. They, they want the feeling that comes with wearing the mask and they want the power and the control that comes with with the mask it is the future as far as you can see unless you do something far far different than you've been willing to do thus far can i respond to that of course because i think you just made a very important point there particularly at the end we no longer live in an era where merit or achievement or compassion or even greed or grace um, the mercy, you know, sacrifice things that at times when America's had her ups and her downs have been the hallmarks of the era. We don't live in an era where those things are considered achievements any longer. We live in an era now where the highest virtue that you can show is compliance. Or as they said in the very, um, Prophetic film, Idiocracy. Aaron, you say it better than me. 
Why, is it, why don't you have the tattoo? Why you know got the tattoo. Yes, thank you. Yes. That is the era in which we live. Compliance is all that matters now. It's just simply about compliance, period. And now on monkeypox, in terms of it being a global health epidemic, it, it isn't for all of us, but it might actually be a global health epidemic pandemic within the homosexual community after all look at the line that we showed last week of them lining up to get vaccinated well those people all got lined up to get vaccinated a couple of times and boosted for covid and now that group who is living a vulnerable lifestyle anyways has had their immune system further knocked down so yes within their community it may actually be a pandemic but here's the thing look at all we've done see how this is to steve's point of how you become what you become pandemic shut everything down the global economy mask jab all of it yet here we are with a far more narrow targeted defined subset of humanity is at risk of this and just last week, you had every Democrat and 47 Republicans seeking to anoint the very thing that is the problem causer. You, that goes into the same category as I just said about masks. Either you address this reality for what it is in a far different way than you've been willing to so far, because it just might make you a little bit uncomfortable. You will lose Harder than you can imagine, clearly. Because you can't. You're leaving all the imagination to the clowns ruining college football and movies and everything else. Try some yourself. Imagine something really bad, even worse than these last 28 months. They promise you it's coming. But you're comfortable, so that's all that matters. If I had to come on here a few years ago and said, you will live to see the day that governments around the world, all throughout the West, what used to be known as Christendom, and here throughout the United States, would make it very clear to you that gay orgies matter more than your church service, than your small business, than your school, than, the, than grandma's funeral, than the wedding for your daughter, than your kid's prom, than your kid's graduation, major benchmarks that can't probably ever be replaced. And they'll leave your elderly parents and grandparents to die alone into perpetuity. If I had told you that that would be the case, you'd have called me freaking nuts and I would have never guessed it. And yet that's exactly what we have just been told. Gay orgies matter more than all of those things do. And I'm sorry, but not sorry. I just don't believe God has any interest in saving a society like that, but has given up on it more likely, which is why you have plummeted to those depths. The idiocracy quote, why come you know got a tattoo? That's that's the actual quote. And and what's more disturbing and most disturbing, I mean, you you expect from pagans to act like pagans. You expect pagans to act like pagans when uh you, you expect sinful behavior from uh unrepentant sinner sinners. You do that. What gets more creepy what gets more urgent 
urgent in terms of the level of confrontation that's needed and the time uh, timetable that it is needed within is when pagans start to act religiously. Pagans start to follow rules religiously. No, not the Christian ethic, not the Christian morals played out. A different type of moral system, as you noted, Steve. The highest virtue of that system, of the spirit of the ages system, is compliance. But in case that wasn't creepy enough, in in case that wasn't urgent enough, Christians are all too eager to acquiesce in order to stay uh, relevant, in order to just not rock the boat, in order to uh, be a good witness to those around them. See, in the Christian ethic, the Christian ethic is resistance to tyrants is obedience to God in terms of the broader cultural impact. And it is, it's shown itself over the course of human history, has it not? Our country's founding, obviously, was an example of that. The Christian ethic, though, and the Christian, uh, Christian morality in modern-day America has warped and twisted and distorted from that. Resistance to tyrants, obedience to God is acquiescence to tyranny is loving thy neighbor. That's, that is, you know, you can talk all you want about confronting your local school board or on the state level, confront, you know, working there. And God bless you. That needs to happen as well. Until the Christian church in mass or what is known as the Christian church in mass in America is confronted with their own plank in the eye where this is regarding or where this is regarded a complete misunderstanding of what loving thy neighbor actually means, we're still going to get these problems with increasing frequency. We're still going to get gay orgies are a blessing of liberty. Meanwhile, shut your church down when we say, when we say jump. That's the road we're headed down. That's the most dire part of this entire equation. Anyway, back to the Afghani poppy fields. Happy Monday. Oh, did you see there? This didn't make the montage. They're changing the definition of recession. <laughs> Are we supposed to thank Putin for gas prices going down a bit? I'm confused. Because it was, it was. I was told that high gas prices were a good thing because it meant people were forced right. to buy electric vehicles. Correct. And if they were his fault that they went up, do we now give him credit that they have it's gone down? Very confusing times. I love the fact that the White House is basically saying. Um, we get credit for punching you in the face less. That's basically their argument. We were, we were slugging you guys, pimp slapping you around, and we're doing it less than we were before. So give us credit. They're still way too damn high and way higher than they were when we took over, but they've gone down from when's the shooting start prices. So by all means, bow to our benevolence. We're not free. We are granted comforts. And we call that freedom. I'll say that again. 
We are not free. We are granted comforts. And then we call that freedom. And this is what China figured out post Tiananmen Square. This is how you keep a billion people under wraps. When if they actually organized, they could just in sheer numbers overrun your military. Short of you desecrating your own land by dropping a weapon of mass destruction against them, which would be a zero-sum game for you. But they'll just continue to comply, provided they are given those comforts. And where we have seen the Chinese people in the last couple of years push back is when those comforts were taken away. Not when their freedoms were. It's not you had me locked down. It's that you had me locked down without the sushi brand that I wanted. And I couldn't call out on my cell phone. See what I'm saying? Oh, you know, I know what you're saying. it's, It's not that my rights were violated. Now, in Hong Kong, it was. Because they actually are not an original Shycom property. So they could see what was happening when their civil liberties were being taken away, where this would ultimately end up. But in Shanghai, it was just, hey, man, you closed down Disney, didn't give me the sushi brand I wanted, and uh, and I can't dial in on my cell phone. Revolt! We are not free. We have just been overloaded with comforts, and we call that freedom. If you're a dog owner, you know that taking care of your pet means so much more than just food and water. That dog is a part of your family, and that's why its health and happiness is important to you. And that's why you want to check out our friends over at Rough Greens, because there's a reason why we take so many supplements these days as people, because a lot of the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that we're supposed to mostly be getting from our diet has been stripped out of there because of the modern ways we process and distribute food these days. And the same thing goes for our pets, too. That's why a lot of times those things are out of the pet's food before it ever leaves the factory. But that's where Rough Greens comes in. Now there's a supplement for your pet. You mix it in with your pet's food and restore the good stuff. But maybe you're wondering, what if my pet won't like it? Or what if it's costly and I don't see a difference? That's why we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to try it out. Because we really think this will be good for your pet. We do ask you to pay for the shipping. Why? Because people have a tendency to just throw stuff away or not take it uh, in any value if they get it for free. So we want you to have some skin in the game, but we'll give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free when you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com, or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's bring in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Glad to be here. So I, I, I want to spend the bulk of our time talking about the fact you have had a lot of access recently to Tucker Carlson in in the wake of him coming and being the keynote speaker at your leadership summit. And he is right now the biggest name, the biggest star in conservative media. So I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to let our audience know things you've learned about him behind the scenes. But can I ask you a snap question really quick? You bet. Love to. So in our overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace, we're going to record that as we do each and every day right after the show. All right. For Blaze TV subscribers, again, blazetv.com slash dace. I'm going to hold myself accountable. 
And I always try to do that, try to hold myself to the same standards we hold everybody else, okay? So last year, I gave the biggest individual campaign donation I ever have to anybody, to Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. And the reason I did it is because he was literally the only U.S. Senator, U.S. Member of Congress, really. Oh, that's not true. We got Massey and Roy and a few guys in the Congress, so we'll say Senator. He was the only U.S. Senator in either party that was willing to do a hearing, honestly taking a look at what was going on with the jab. Hmm. Now more and more people are beginning to question it, but at last year, that that was very verboten. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer. And I think that that's vitally important, what they have attempted to do here with ongoing human trials and experimentation on the public, with with radical and never-before-used technology. And I wanted to honor that, 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 that bravery. He, it looks like he's already announced, actually, he is going to vote for gay marriage to be codified into law. In fact, it looks as if they're going to have enough Republicans to break a filibuster and put this on Biden's desk, okay, in the U.S. Senate. This is a this to me, and maybe it shouldn't be complicated. And that's part of the debate, all right? Because some of the senators that are going to vote for gay marriage, and some of the members of Congress who are who did it last week, either have or would have also voted for the judges that helped us overturn Roe. Mm-hmm. But this is clearly a no go biblically on every last, on a molecular level. It is a no go, and. I, I think we should have some no-goes, some places where like, no matter what else you're good on, if you do that, like if like if Ron Johnson slapped his wife around, would it matter to me that he was bold on the vaccine? No, that would be a no-go, right? You bet. And so we're going to have a conversation about this in the overtime today. And I'm just curious, as a guy who runs what is a what's an effective and bold, but tries to be also a very principled national family organization how are you are you guys even asking yourselves yet how we're going to navigate Joni Ernst comes out tomorrow and says I'm voting for gay marriage Hmm. have you guys had these conversations because I'm going to have mine like in real time on the air here well we already have a matter of fact I've been in communication with both Senator Ernst and Senator Grassley and been talking to our Congress people as well in Congress in regards to Randy Feenstra who said this is a no-go and this is a simple one Matter of fact, when you take a look at uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate, I just read this uh, Axios report this morning. They're wondering which way do they go on this gay marriage deal? Because one is they say, well, 71% of Americans are okay with it today. So why not go there? But then they bring in the evangelicals. That's us. They say, but those guys, they're going to be unhappy. If they're unhappy, that puts the control of this. So they're not looking at what's biblical, what's foundational, What? Where, who should we really be playing for an audience of one? Mm-hmm. They're saying, how do we win majority? And so what they're doing is they're putting their finger in the wind again. And to me, this is what Tony Evans addressed at our leadership summit with crystal clarity. If Todd's got a marriage issue, we bring the scripture into the marriage issue. If Aaron's got a parenting issue, we bring the scripture into a parenting issue. If Steve has a whatever issue, financial issue, we bring the scripture into his financial issue. But too often when it comes to Congress, we change books. This is simple. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And if they don't connect the dots, they should, because exactly, Todd, what your daughter is facing with Save Girl Sports. Mm-hmm. You erase the foundation of what of what constitutes a marriage of a man and a woman. 
pretty soon you don't know what restroom to use. You don't know what sport you should be playing, what gender you are. But they just keep throwing their finger in the wind. And that is a danger for all of us when they change the books. And that's what they're doing. It's not a one nation under God. It's basically where they're saying, oh, we're kind of God. And if we get the majority, you know, then, then watch what happens. And I think this would be one of those things I tweeted out. If you can't trust these people in the minority to be bold and courageous, don't think for a second you can trust them in the majority to be bold and courageous. Is there, you know, I, because I also think at the same time that we are making truth inroads with people who do disagree with us on these issues, but for the first time are at least open to the idea that, that some of the germane claims that we have made comprehensively about the direction of culture have merit. And I think about people, we've mentioned them before, Russell Brand and people sure. of that nature, right? And I do think uh, that, that that's a valuable, a valuable truth coalition to forge, okay? And so I don't know that we're going to settle the answer ourselves today when we discuss it. But I'm curious, on an, on an organizational level, have you guys at least had a conversation that, it, that especially on a national platform, especially with how corrupt Washington is, mm -hmm. that, it, that especially on a federal level, things could become so corrupted that there's just no way we could really take sides without, as you like to quote from the scriptures, you know, being disqualified, you know, for the prize at the end. Have well, you guys at least thought that, that we, well, could, we, we could deteriorate to that well, point? Well, of course we've thought about that. Matter of fact, a couple of things. One is... Uh, our own Chuck Hurley texted me when he saw that some people were maybes and he said, this is what primaries are made of. You, if you become a maybe to say, I'm voting for this marriage bill to say, we just undefined a sacred institution. That's a primary issue. But the other thing that I think Steve, we need to be paying attention to is Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Donald, this just became a 2024 issue. Well, you know, well. Donald, Donald Trump was pro-gay yeah. marriage in 2016. Uh, he was pro-gay marriage in 2020. You he, voted for him twice. Yeah. I voted for him once. Log, he log already cab, has a position. Log cabin it. Republicans are coming to Mar-a-Lago, all that stuff. He has not been good on this issue. But if you think this issue is going to go away now when they just inserted it front and center, it's a 2024 issue now. All right. Let's get to Tucker Carlson because he was the keynote speaker for your leadership summit. And I kind of last week already gave kind of, a, I think, you know, for what our audience probably cares the most about, a pretty glowing but thorough review of you guys' event, all right? But there's a perspective you can add that I could not. I got a chance to spend some time with him, but you spent a good deal of time with Tucker Carlson the few days that he was here in Iowa. What stood out to you the most that you think are without, you know, I'm sure some of these things were said and discussed privately, wouldn't ask you to betray that stuff, but so without going there, but... What do you think our audience probably needs to know the most about the guy that has gone from being just another kind of technocratic, although with a really cool bow tie collection, just another <laughs> technocratic GOP, you know, pundit 20 years ago to this is what it would look like if Steve Dace had a show on Fox News. You know, I mean, how did this evolution occur? Well, well, let me back up to when, when he left. As a matter of fact, I just said this to somebody. I like Tucker Carlson better today than I did when I invited him to be part of the leadership. And I don't say that about everybody. 
Because what happens, you bring in some big names, all of a sudden they're kind of like the prima donnas, I'm the, I'm the star, everybody bows to me kind right, of thing. Right. That's not Tucker Carlson. So don't ever invite Lori Ingram. <laughs> My old radio yeah, mentor, yeah, Van yeah. Harden, is the, it's the only person I ever, ever, ever heard him say a negative yeah. word about. So don't ever invite yeah, And her. the thing it is, these people that say, well, that's my staff. Well, you bring control of your staff things. You lead that staff as well. But uh, Tucker Carlson, he's the real deal. He's a genuine article. And I think when he talks about, I'm living in Maine. I'm not in New York City. I'm not in Washington, D.C. I'm out with real people. I visit with real people. I drive a 1987 Chevy Silverado with a stick shift and put my four dogs in and we love to go hunt. He's staying grounded to who he is. So he's not allowing all this fame to get to him. And I think the other thing that he knows is that the more I'm outside that orbit, the more real and connected I will be. He's been very accessible. He he has texted me multiple times after the summit, tell much how much he loved being here. And part of the love being here is that you're visiting with real people, real Iowans, and he's he just saw, thought it was so refreshing, and we thought it was very refreshing to have him as well. I thought, and and I mentioned this last week to our audience, but I want to mention it again since you're here. I thought what stood out to me more than anything else is when he said, uh, I grew up with a guy, with a dad who was a Republican Party operative. I mean, I'm a Georgetown kid. I've, I've been around people in both political parties my entire life. Grew up with these guys. That's why I have a lot of friends on both sides. And he said, what's changed for me the last few years is for a long time, even if there were policies I didn't agree with, like, and I, I'm, he didn't give an example, but I'll give one. Uh, Medicare, Obamacare. Okay, I, he's, he, I think that's what he meant when he said, I could see why people think that these things are good ideas if they really care about people, even though I don't think they will accomplish what they claim to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And he said, the last few years is the first time in my career I've looked at the things we're doing and I cannot figure out who they are benefiting. They're not helping anybody. They're harming people. There is no argument that can be made. There is no, there's no give the benefit of the doubt argument on the other way to, to, to give people the benefit of the doubt because they're just nihilistic, basically, is what he said. And, and he said that has probably radicalized me. And, it's, and he even said, I've come to the conclusion that these things, there must be things happening in an unseen realm, spiritually, because they just politically and humanly do not make sense. I thought he was very clear on that. Matter of fact, I, I thought he was very clear, too, about understanding the times mm-hmm. and the urgency of the times. And that's why he's becoming more and more and more pushing and asking what I think are, are the most relevant questions. But I think it's also why you have a base. I mean, I, first of all, I was blown away by Tucker's base. And not just the breadth of his base, but the depth of his base, the people who record him every night just to watch him or watch him live. And how many people just wanted to go see? I know a lot of people organize their primetime schedule just around his monologue. Yeah. Just to make sure they don't miss it every night. Yeah. And so, you know, Tucker is on to something. Matter of fact, I think he's somebody that really, really gets it. I thought he gave a great message to our audience about, listen, I don't have to tell you guys, but they're all going to be coming to you in 2024 to say, we want your vote. And you need to judge, are they answering questions about what the New York Times wants to write about? Or is it really real things that are gonna affect your your daily life? And I think he's, I think he's on to say, he's being a voice for the people, much like Trump was a voice for the people. But I think Tucker is being that voice for the people. Okay, 
One last thing. Got about two minutes here. How do you think being here around us influenced him? One is I think he was blown away by the summit. I think he was blown away that on a Friday in July, that many people would give up their whole day to come to a leadership summit. A friend of mine who came in from Florida told me that this looked like a CPAC-sized crowd, is what he told yeah. me. And so I think one is he was blown away. But two is he also knows that Iowans aren't just blown away by the next personality that comes in. I mean, they're, they're not like, oh, my gosh, look who I get to see. They get to see people all the time. And so I think he just saw them as very, very genuine. He loves being in Iowa. doesn't like our skywalks, but he loves being yeah, in he Iowa. He mentioned he got lost <laughs> in the skywalk, yeah. But, but he loves being in Iowa. And so he did a show Thursday night from Iowa, Friday night from Iowa, Monday night. He's including his clips. You go to TuckerCarlson.com right now, it'll be Tucker Goes to Iowa. There was something about this that he really, really, really wanted to do. And I know he respects our ministry. He, he loves what we do, so he wanted to see how can he help and assist. Um, but I love the question that got him, Steve, uh, in the interview at the World Food Price headquarters where you were at. When I asked him, uh, when you come back in 2023 to the Leadership Summit, will you come back as a TV host who's interviewing candidates? Or will you come back as a potential candidate? Now, he he blew it off right away. Like, I'm not coming back as a candidate. But then he went into what what really makes him, mm -hmm. what would be his Popeye moment, basically, if he were to get it. So anyhow, um, I love it that he was here. Love it that you were there. And uh, it was a great it was a great day had by all. Next year, why not bring him back and have him interview the candidates? Well, that's what I was thinking of. Him be the Frank Luntz that we've had before with the presidential candidates. Uh, the, the, the one thing I wonder about at times, though, is that how many candidates would sign up to say... Well, then we have our answer. Exactly. If I can't, then, then, if I can't be under that dude, heat. that takes guys like you and me <laughs> off the hook. We don't have to corner these guys. Yeah. They, they, they self-exiled. They yeah. self-eliminated. And we can all just move on, right? I mean, if you, you don't want to sit down with him, then that tells us all we pretty much need to know. Exactly. And that saves you and I six months of making a bunch of enemies, particularly me, if we're being honest. <laughs> all right? So that why not? I'm totally fine with that oh, self-limiter there. And I think Tucker would do a fantastic fantastic job of interviewing potential candidates so we'll see what happens all right great stuff my friend appreciate it as always thanks guys thank you all right so we have some questions and some good ones you said you're going to start off with a real doozy here to start off next hour i think so okay so we're going to do how many do we have any more five-star review questions did we get more of those Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so the questions, again, if you leave us a five-star review uh, on your podcast platform of choice, you go to the front of the line for consideration for an Ask Me Anything if you put your question in your five-star review. So we'll lead off with those uh, here next hour, and then uh, we'll have our, our followers over at MeWe with time remaining. Uh, you guys will get a chance to fill in the blanks over there as well. So we're looking forward to that. Don't forget... Like, rate, subscribe, follow, share, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those social media platforms, rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. Thanks to all of you that leave us five-star reviews. We appreciate each and every one, and you can email the show as well. Steve at stevedace.com. Hour two coming up next. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre.
You can, of course, let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Getter, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Instagram. Get clips of the show over on rumble.com slash Show as well. We'll get to the Ask Me Anything here in just a moment. Don't forget, if you leave us a five-star review and have a question you'd like to consider or like to have considered uh, for a future Ask Me Anything, put it inside your five-star review. You'll go to the front of the line for consideration by Todd Erzin over there, and we'll get to some of those questions here in just a matter of moments, this portion of the show, uh, which will be our Ask Me Anything, brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar which no longer means you have to make the choice between good tasting and good eating and healthy eating any longer because they have created the greatest protein bar of all time. So many great flavors, so many great flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate. You'll bite into it and think to yourself, I cannot believe this is a protein bar. The puffs, I was a little dubious at first, but those are really starting to wear on me. Actually, I mean, I'm really starting to enjoy those and so what are those like you know those like chocolate marshmallow seasonal flavors from like russell stover's you'll see in a grocery store right um and that's kind of what built bars puffs are and they've got so many great varieties of those as well including chocolate chip cookie dough right now which you know i think is the number one built bar flavor so if you want to try it today or try it again again uh get uh, the promo code dace and use that when you check out at built.com and get 15 percent off promo code d-e-a-c-e to get 15 percent off when you check out at built.com for built bar again that's built.com for built bar all right let's get to it it is our ask me anything todd has selected questions both from five star reviews and also from our followers over on MeWe. no topic is off limits because there are no stupid questions just stupid people who ask questions of course i've not yet seen any of these questions so aaron you will now hit me cold go ahead we'll begin with a fairly lengthy question from matthew this is a five star review question by the way uh, the title of this uh, review is my go-to show for updates and uh, cultural something or another. I can't read the rest there. This is from Matthew. Steve, I'd like to know how you got to a place where you forgave your mom for staying in her abusive marriage for so long at the cost of your safety. Also, how you got over your anger at God for letting it happen. I had a very similar upbringing for the first 20 years of my life, but it left me uh, uh, cowed, uh, coward or uh, cowed, cowed. cowed. Okay. Well, that's an interesting, uh, and not, uh, with the rebel heart you seem to have. It has tainted my view of God in a way that I can't seem to fix despite knowing all the right answers and reading all the books and praying all the prayers, ministering to others and seeing countless counselors. I have entreated God so many times in my most desperate moments in the grip of panic attacks and bouts of PTSD. Many say they understand the trials in their life from the foundation of believing God's goodness and love for them. Others make excuses that God didn't do those things to you, sinful, evil people did. But my experience and your show have shown me that those who let evil happen when it's in their power to stop it are as complicit as the perpetrators. I just can't see how that doesn't apply to God. I don't understand how I can be expected to pray for God to help me walk through the wreckage of a bomb he wouldn't protect me from to deal with the effects of the radiation he's made me walk through. To send me people wearing hazmat suits who can only tell me they're praying for me or be an ear amidst the radiation but can't give me a suit of my own. I sympathize with your desire for answers, but... 
That's all the more reason I struggle to understand how you got to a place where you're okay with what God allowed. I'm at a place where even if God offered me the immediate freedom of healing, I want right now, but under the stipulation that I can't ask questions about the stuff that happened before, I don't know that I'd take, I don't know that I'd take it. I'm not as concerned with the gift as much as the trustworthiness of the giver. And it seems to me you have plenty of experience with that kind of thing in your past to create such cynicism, but you're past it, and I don't understand how to get there myself. All right. That is a phenomenal note. Very well written. It is very well written. And I've um, never heard the word cowed before. That's all right. Um, you're not 60. Okay. We heard our parents use that term. You didn't. Um, everything you feel is justified. And you're right, Matthew. I have struggled with all of those things. There is an answer to what is eluding you here. But I'm going to warn you up front. You will not like it. Then again, if you only were willing to consider answers that you would like, <laughs> chances are you don't send us a two-page question and don't make it past, well, like the opening 10 minutes of today's show, right? Okay. So I'm going to assume that you're willing to at least consider an answer you won't like. Otherwise, you couldn't possibly invest in our program because we give you a series of answers often you won't like. I mean, there's a there's a reason. That's it's, the name of this show, really, by reasons now. you Reasons, answers you won't of- like, yes. There are two reactions I've gotten to people since Rush passed away. One is, you're, our, you're I was looking for something at noon Eastern, you're my new noon Eastern, which is a tremendous compliment. The other is, that frankly I don't deserve, the other is, you're just too different than Rush, I can't do it. I mean, Rush talked about um, what the system did to us. You talk about, we're not doing enough against the system. Yeah, well, I mean, Rush came from an era where there was a silent majority. I don't. I, I come from an era where they will mask your kids into perpetuity, Dad, until you and other dads step in and make them stop doing it. Do, do you think I, 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 I would prefer the old era? I'd have more friends. It was so much more easier. I like comfort. I'd be more successful. That won't work, though. That's why we don't spend a lot of time railing against what they're doing to us. We're not victims. And instead, we're trying to radicalize our people to do something about it to make them stop doing it. Because otherwise, they will not. And that's why a lot of times we give you uncomfortable answers. Because there isn't a deliverance coming. You're the deliverance. That's what government by the consent of the governed means. So with that in mind, let me get to your situation specifically, Matthew. Here is the answer that you will not like. And you will bristle at first, because I did. But if you allow it to sink in and ruminate on it, it will get your heart to where it needs to be for you to begin to accept the notion that there is such a thing as an altruistic father. That was the hardest thing I had to grasp. 
an altruistic father? Because I, I didn't see one. Here is that answer. Your feelings are all justifiable given what you went through. But the entitlement that you feel as a result of them is not. The feelings that you feel, Matthew, as a result of everything you went through is all justifiable. But the entitlement that you're holding on to in reaction and response to them is not. Because you and I, Matthew, are not just victims. We're victimizers. You're a sinner, Matthew. Somewhere along the lines, you told a girl that you weren't married to what she wanted to hear to bed her. To take advantage of her. You told a lie. Worse. You took something that wasn't yours. You spread hateful gossip. You committed adultery, at least in your own mind. You wished death and destruction upon people unnecessarily. You acted out of your own temper. I don't know which of these boxes we could check, Matthew. But since your name is Matthew and not Jesus, I can promise you we could check at least one. I could have checked many of the boxes I just mentioned. How did I get over being angry at my mom for staying in that relationship? Because I would, we would take turns growing up. My mom would be ready to go, finally get out. I'd be the one now as an older kid, a teenager. But where would we go? We have a nice standard of living. I like my friends. I like my school. I'm entrenched there. I've got connections. Comfort. We should stay. And so we would take turns. Sometimes she'd want to go. Sometimes I would want to go. I had the same Stockholm syndrome she did. I have, I have no place to judge her before we even get to the point that she had me at the age of 15 and could have easily discarded me and, nothing, and very few things other than her own conscience would have really convicted her of it at that age. I can't say I always behaved perfectly. Sure, I tell you guys about some of the, a time or two that I had to defend my mom against my dad. I don't know. I rarely tell you about the times, though, that I talked back. That I trolled him, needled him, provoked him out of anger and spite. And unnecessarily made situations at home that at the time were pretty much fine until I started running my mouth worse. I wasn't just a victim. I was a victimizer. I'm not innocent. Nobody is. And brother, neither are you. Someone, there are 8 billion people on this earth, Matthew. I'm sure you're a swell dude. Lions Club, Mutual Admiration Society. 
United Way volunteer, and you're even a big brother. But I promise you, Matthew, with a wonderful singing voice, I promise you, somewhere amongst the eight other billion people living on this earth, some one of them holds a grudge against you for what you have done to them. One of these eight billion people, Matthew, suffered because of what you did to them. Maybe even unintentionally didn't even realize it. Could be something as simple as a girl had a crush on you in school. In school, You didn't share those feelings. Maybe told a joke or something about her to one of your classmates. And that sent her on a decade's worth of spiral of poor decisions because she desperately wanted the affection and attention of men and made all the wrong decisions accordingly. I don't know. But your conscience does. Mine did. I'm, I'm innocent as a child. I did not deserve what was done to me, but I'm not innocent into perpetuity. And neither are you. Liars, thieves, adulterers, fornicators, homosexuals, murderers, slanderers. None of these will inherit the kingdom of heaven, but such as once were some of you, meaning all of you, checked at least one of those boxes before you checked in at uh, the Jesus Hotel. You're not entitled to your entitlement. You have wronged someone, least of all, God. He could keep score, Matthew. He could say, sure, you could hold me accountable for what happened to you here, here, and here. And I could hold you accountable for what you did here, here, and here. And you could go on with this tug of war into eternity, separated from him where you will continue, at least as long as you're alive in your physical body, all that PTSD and all that anxiety is swallowed guilt, angst, anger, unforgiveness. You're just letting that bile pile up. He could do that. He's more powerful than you. And there's not a damn thing that you could do about it. Except die and then exist forever in hell. But he didn't do that. Actually, he didn't do any of that. Instead, he offered you an opportunity to wipe your slate clean. You may humanly judge that your slate is not as bad as the slate of those who abused you. And you might even be right on a certain level. But see, God wants to reach your abusers too. So he offers the same slate to them. That doesn't mean that God lacks justice. If they do not accept his mercy, they will spend all of eternity begging and wishing that they had. There will come a time that the clock will run out on his mercy. And then it's time to pay the check. But until that time, God will offer it to the people that you've afflicted, to you, 
and the people that afflicted you. Until you grasp, and this is frankly true for all of you in this audience, regardless of what is holding you back, the humility that comes from recognizing you are a sinner. You deserve nothing, nothing, nothing. Even in a flawed, fallen creation, God still permits you to speak out about your afflictions. He doesn't even have to grant you a voice. Nothing. He owes you nothing. Nothing. He is God and you are not. You may hold your grudges. You may carry them to the grave. And then after you awake from the grave, you will wish for the rest of eternity you had not. But it'll be too late. And he doesn't even have to grant you that. It would do well for many of us in our society to recognize this. You deserve nothing. Nothing. God owes you absolutely nothing. Even let's atheists have children. God-haters can get married and experience some forms of unconditional love. He permits you orgasms knowing you will abuse them. Nothing. He owes you nothing. Nothing. And that's what I had to come to grips with. And it was the notion of entitlement. That because these things were done to me, I can now get over on other people. See, that's often why bullies raise bullies. Abusers raise abusers. That's the cycle right there. The entitlement. I'm owed this because of what was done to me, so I may now take it out on others. You're owed nothing. You're entitled to nothing. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. You may have all the opinions you want. In hell, everyone has something in common. They all had an opinion. And you may hold those opinions dear to your tormented heart. Forever. I know this is paradoxical, but it really isn't until you admit your own brokenness and your own sinfulness and what you are accountable for that you will truly be able to move on from the brokenness and sinfulness that was then done to you. Before we move on, in a very awkward segue, Aaron, let's talk about Battle Box. Because frankly, you're more manly than me, and this is not my thing. You know, did you guys, I know both of you saw this, the very, very nice Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms agent showing up and saying, hey, we got a flag, Uh, we saw you purchased a bunch of rifles, we just need to come in and check, make sure you actually have them in your possession. I'm sure you saw that video. I actually, I literally had a nightmare after after watching. The, the, The following night, I had a nightmare 
that something similar happened to me as well, because that's the road that this is going down. That's the road that our, our culture is going down. Very nice gentlemen, very nice people, just asking questions, making sure, you know, uh, all your T's are crossed and I's dotted when it comes to, I don't know, maybe the next frontier is uh, gender stuff. All this is to say, I've been thinking more and more about a bug out plan. A bug out plan. Do you have a bug out plan? You know, sometimes, sometime, maybe in the near future, if things go full, full, full dystopia, you're going to need a bug out plan. And if your bug out plan involves camping, or if you just like camping and getting out and enjoying God's creation, Battle Box is really a unique product just for you. I know my uh, sister and brother-in-law are up in northern Minnesota. I don't know how they're going to get along without a, a battle box this week because it has literally everything you need to survive out in the wilderness, out camping, what have you. Lots of gear, and it's not just random stuff. This is not just like they went to some liquidation sale at some uh, outdoor sporting goods store. All of this stuff is usable. In the battle box that we got, there was a carabiner that also doubled as um, a flint and steel, so to to light fires and things like that. There were several uh, food options available as well. A really, really nice knife that I use almost every day when I'm not camping as well. Anything you can think of that you need to survive in the wilderness or just to camp and make that an enjoyable experience, BattleBox is there for you. You can go to trybattlebox.com slash Steve for more details and special offers there. Indeed, you can get a free mystery box worth well over 100 bucks right now when you go to trybattlebox.com slash Steve. Free mystery box. This is good until July 31st. Uh, so just a few days, free mystery box worth over 100 bucks when you give them a new subscription at trybattlebox.com slash Steve. Next question. We will move on now. These are five-star review questions as well. This is from a name I cannot pronounce, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Bob? Bob Is Liz Cheney's obsession with January 6th and Trump, is it more about ideology than Trump's actual actions? I think she wants to squash the new working class populist. We've had enough tilt of the GOP in favor of the neocon hawkish country club, chamber of Conver- commerce, Ivy League elitism of the old GOP. Is it personal or is it ideology? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gritz Jr. says, are there legitimate reasons why Pence shouldn't join Burks and Fauci on the gallows? Tough, but fair. I'll allow it. Next, Karen asks, the World Health Organization just declared monkeypox a public health emergency by just one man, the WHO Director General. Your thoughts on this and the call for an international pandemic treaty. It's time to stop the World Health Organization. See, this is... This is the conundrum of Trump, man. Okay? This is the conundrum of Trump. I would have never even... I've played a pretty significant role in vetting Republican presidential candidates for the last, what, 10 years? Or uh, almost 10 years. Fair? Yeah. Okay, this this coming up one, 8, 12, 16, 20, 20. This will be my fifth cycle. So, more than 10 years. Okay? This will be my fifth Iowa caucus cycle coming up here, starting next year. And... 
I have played as significant a role as anyone in American media has vetting GOP presidential candidates because of where I live in Iowa. I would not even have considered asking someone if we could get them to defund and leave the World Health Organization. Not because I didn't want that to happen, because I just would have, I just would have thought, I've got six other questions to ask, and I already know the answer to that one. You know what I'm saying? They would never do it. They'd never agree to it. So why even waste our time with Pollyanni-ish questions and issues that there's no reasonable you know, degree of achievement and instead focus on the stuff that, that maybe we can move them on? Fair? Yeah. He just actually did it. I just got pissed off one day and did it. Okay. That is the conundrum. That is the frustration. Okay. Is that... I've never seen a politician be as historically good and as historically bad simultaneously. And I think that's probably because what drives Trump more than anything is instinct and not a, not a, not a solidified, cohesive worldview that kind of he filters everything and checks it through. But instinct. Art of the deal is the worldview, and that's instinct. And so that's my long-winded way of answering your question, that that's another Trump-era policy we should not have undone. It's an absolutely corrupt organization. It's a criminal enterprise. I still think they have the tweet up from January of 20, of 20 saying that the CHICOMs have, occurred, have, have, have assured us there's no person-to-person transmission of, of COVID-19, of coronavirus. I think that they still have that tweet up. I think it's still up. So, yes, it's a corrupt, globalist, elitist organization, and it hates you if you aren't going to comply with its agenda. So, you know, there's a committee there. Let's compare it to a church because it is one. This is their religion. Pastor walks in, says, hey, I'm going to take the church in this direction, and the elders vote. Now it's a bad idea. Don't do that. It would be very unbiblical for the for the pastor then to just go off on his own without that level of infrastructure. What was the point of the accountability of having elders then, right? Right. Right. But in the cult, you, it's when you actually demand restraint is shown. It's when you actually demand humility towards what data actually shows and submitting to it. That's the heresy. He would actually be going against the spirit of the age he serves by listening to that committee. He recognized the, 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 the chain of command. Satan. And then this committee. We don't do that in our churches. What we do in our churches is we take the whole love your neighbor, love your neighbors, you love yourself thing. And that's like commandment 1B. Or even replaces the first and greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Meaning to exalt him, to worship him, to give him the honor he alone is due and worthy of. And then that will get will prepare your heart to properly love your neighbor as you love yourself. Not to humanly do so. Not to affirm things that God says are bad. Not to leave people mired in, in behaviors and beliefs that God says are destructive. Because that would be confrontational. And the doctrine of non-confrontation is the number one doctrine of the contemporary American church. It's its greatest heresy. 
because we've put love your neighbor as you love yourself on the same plane of exalting God. Your neighbor is God. No, he's not. He's a sinner. Just like you. The guy at the WHO is honest about his religion. Accountability mechanisms? Nope. All gas, no brakes to the end of the age. Submit to a committee of like-minded experts? No, I will ascend. I'll be like the most high. He serves his true Lord. He serves his master. We don't. We ask him to serve us. Make me healthy and wealthy. Give me the mate that I want. Fulfill my life for me. He's the one over there with the old time religion. He's got the conviction. We don't. We still think we're going to vote our way out of this. How's this going so far? Swell. I think it is. I mean, I'm really encouraged. I mean, I'm fired up. Can't speak for everybody else. We'll come back. More questions in a moment. Man, there are so few opportunities to do business on a meta level with companies that don't hate you that when you have an opportunity to do so, take advantage of it. And luckily, one of them is with a product we all pretty much have to utilize these days, and that's our mobile phones. And that's why you want to make the switch now to America's only, well, American cell phone company. Our friends over at Patriot Mobile, and I get it, man. It's a big hassle. You've got multiple lines. You're worried about losing signals and coverage strength and data plans. And uh, what about, you know, will the rate go up, I, especially in the, you know, let's go brand and economy. I get all of that. Our family made the switch last fall, could not be happier. They did a great job for us. So that's why I'm confident they can do it for you as well. And if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch at Patriot Mobile, you'll get bigger savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everybody else, you can get a free activation right now with the promo code Steve when you head over to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Again, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Once more, that's 972-PATRIOT. All right, let's get back to our Ask Me Anything. Next question, Aaron. We only have three left, so if you want to... Have I ever exhausted a list of questions before, like ever? No, Once. Actually, once. Oh, was it once? Okay. Okay. Yeah, Uh, so if you want to, take your time. Uh, This is from Chris. Do you think the Rings of Power series on Amazon will be good? So I, I, I just watched the full trailer yesterday. And I have to say, I was very impressed. And you guys know that critical drinker guy we talked about a couple of years ago yeah. after Miss Marvel or, or Captain Marvel came out, you know? I, was watch, I went to watch a video of him with my son the other day and Noah's like, wait, you know who this guy is? I'm like, yeah, we played some of his videos on our show before. He's like, man, I, I, I just sit here for hours and watch this guy just rip woke pop culture. I love this guy's channel. All right. I, I, I do worry though. I mean, I didn't see anything woke at all. 
I, when I watched the trailer. And I, I think, I, I think I might be a, you know, at least a little aware of what wokeness is since one of the number one things I'm doing in my job right now is fighting it on a daily basis, combating it. Right. I mean, I just, I just saw a Lord of the Rings trailer, you know, and I want to make sure that's not to say when it comes out, I think it comes out first of September. That's not to say that the, the, the episodes won't disappoint us. Okay. That's not to say that they won't. Here's what I want to make sure though, that we don't do. Let's wait for things to disappoint us before we get disappointed. By all means, man. If you if that thing debuts in September and it's a complete woke bastardization of what Tolkien was trying to say with Lord of the Rings, we will hand you the kindling provided you let us light the fire. Fair? Sure. I, I just worry, though, that we are nat- can become nattering nabobs. We have plenty of things to complain about without complaining about things before there's a real complaint. And I kind of wonder if there's like a, now a counter cottage industry of, of right blue check marks who just look to hop on everything as because there's so many good clicks to be gained by everything's woke, terrible, awful. I mean, there's a lot of things that are woke, terrible, and awful, but not everything is. And I'm a little bit concerned that we are creating sort of a counter cottage industry of bitchers and complainers, basically. Okay? How about let's see if something's worthy of complaining about first? Because I watched that entire three-minute trailer. I thought it looked very good. I love what they're doing with Sauron. Where you see him in his original, this predates Lord of the Rings. This takes us up to the forging of the Rings of Power. And they are portraying Sauron just as he was portrayed by Tolkien. As sort of a Luciferic construct. Once a wizard of white who descends into darkness. You see that portrayed very clearly in the trailer. You've got Amazon at your house, right? Yeah. Have you, have you watched this trailer? I have not yet. Do me a favor. Watch the trailer and tell me what you think. Okay? Because, I mean, I, I, I saw 50 tweets complaining about this and blogs and everything else. And I'm like, what, what am I missing? I mean, I'm the one that gets paid to discuss this stuff and to confront it. And i like, I don't get it. The, the elf is black? I mean, I, are we Okay. There's a female warrior. Well, there wasn't the ones we all love in 20 years ago, too. I, I guess I just don't I, don't, I don't get it, you know? I, I, I didn't get this, I, I didn't get like woke vibes off of it at all. You want to, you look like you, you're antsy and want to say something. No, no, okay. not at all. all right. I, I'm, uh, Which I'm I, fine with. Go ahead. I, I just haven't something. had a chance to watch it. I, I will say that uh, I think there is some fatigue that is understandable in light of what has become of both uh star wars Agreed. and marvel i agree and they're used to being uh disappointed and seemingly disappointed not in a hey man we tried we we shot wrong here we apologize but no it, we they, they seem to be we seem to be like on every other front in our lives not just entertainment experiments 
in a very grand and stupid to- way. I totally get that. I totally get that. I'm just saying there's plenty of that that you can confirm to get mad at without getting mad at that stuff before it shows you you should get mad at here's, it. Here's one thing, though, that here's where I'm at. Okay. But it's, it speaks to what you're saying, though. I'd, here's my fear. I'd almost rather it be bad. So oh, just it, so you don't get sucked back into yeah, any so of it so again? Well, no, because this is... So then every it's brilliant again, and a lot of men fanboys that, quite frankly, we need standing on the reality wall are going to mm-hmm. just stand on the Amazon Lord of the Rings eight seasons wall. You know, we need you here now being a real life dude. And then the rest, again, is the dessert. We've discussed this. My fear is that there's way too many of you that put on this warm, fuzzy blanket and reality can be damped. That's then there's no point in appreciating the heroic, sto- heroic story told by Tolkien there in the first place. Don't you get that? That's my fear. Well said. I think that's very well said. I agree. Next is from Ben. During your recent travels for speaking engagements, etc., have you seen a level of engagement and stories of action from local crowds that would lead you to believe we're starting to move the needle in a positive direction, or are too many still idolizing ease and comfort? Good segue. It is a good segue, because when, when, when Tolkien and Lewis were writing, and, and it's interesting the approaches they took, I mean, Lewis took a direct Christological allegory with Aslan. Um, Tolkien took the approach were of Sauron as a as literally a direct Luciferic allegory and the ring of power sort of like human nature uh, in addressing the darker side of what we are capable of with left to our own craven desires, right? But but regardless, they each wrote those stories with the intent of inspiring people to action. Not to dwell in the minutiae of the de- of the details is what you are alluding to. Mm-hmm. Where where we just the, the point of the story is to continue to examine the inmo, innermost parts and nuances and codicils and technicalities of the story. You know, the point of the story is to motivate you to, 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 to be what you were created to be, to do something meaningful in your life. They were written as points of inspiration, not obsession. That's what you're concerned about. Yeah, the but Sabbath that, was made for man, yeah, not man. But for that the will Sabbath, be true yes. of anything we do. Unfortunately, we're broken as a people. We can take anything, anything, anything. I mean, you've been very complimentary to me about my will, my ability to compartmentalize my creature pursuits without them overtaking my my duties as a husband, father, host. Right? Mm-hmm. You've done the same in your arena. The truth of the matter is, how many parents? have spent as much time with their children going through youth sports and it did not consume no. every aspect of their families. Of course. So we're in a position, unfortunately, as, as, a, as a people, where we're so fallen now, we can take anything, literally anything now, and F it up. Just ruin it. Just defecate on it, urinate on it, anything whatsoever. The idea of anything not becoming idolatrous now is nuts, right? Agreed. I mean... We take theology. I I know people who like their avatars are John Calvin on their Facebook pages. You know, I mean, we can do anything. Anything we we'll take anything and try to you know idle it now. Theo nerd, tread Catholic. Correct. All of it. Correct. So back to this question, which brings me back to this question. Put that put it back up there again, Aaron, if you don't mind. 
the answer to your question is we are closer than we have than we've ever been before, but we are not yet where we want where we need to be. Meaning that I'll give you one example. When I was in Billings a month ago and the guy who was one of my hosts there is the chief of staff for what everybody on the ground told me is the most popular Republican statewide there in Montana, the attorney general. Everybody loves the guy. Okay. And he's his chief of staff. And I asked him, you know, we were doing a private event Saturday afternoon before I did the public event Saturday night. And I asked him uh, on the way to the private event Saturday afternoon, hey, what, you know, give me what's going on on the ground here. And what would you like me to do? And you know what he told me? Frankly, we brought you out here because we were kind of hoping you were going to burn it down. The fact that I have been invited to speak at multiple Reagan dinners, guys, I went like six years without being formally invited to speak at a Republican Party function ever. I figured that would never happen again. I've been invited to speak at multitudes of them here this year. I just can't get to all of them. And I've not even been a registered Republican for like seven and a half years. Or six and a half years. So the good news is the environment is changing. The appetite, not for destruction, guns and roses, construction. The appetite for construction is there. And so the fact someone like me is being asked to speak at these kinds of places with the intent of, oh, yeah, and they told me flat out, hey, the senator and his staff's going to be there. He, he didn't come. His staff ended up coming. So by all means, let them rip. They need to hear. We brought you in to he- so they can hear from us, basically. That is good. That is, that is the necessary first step. But it is just the first step. Eventually, you guys have to act if they will not. And in may- many cases, they won't. But the fact that, that there is a, a, a burgeoning market for, hey, let's, let's bring Nolan Ryan out of the bullpen here and just go, you know, Von Ryan Express with the high heat is good. That's, that's, that's good because I am definitely an acquired taste. I am, I'm not the rah-rah guy you bring in because you're, everyone's going to leave, you know, up with Team GOP. That, that's not why you bring me in to speak. So that I'm encouraged by, and but it's still just a first step. We're getting there, but we're not there. All right. One final question. By the way, uh, this one is a five-star question that I missed earlier. Okay. This is from T. Lottie 10, who says, We all believe and say that we were a nation founded on Christian principles. At the same time... The Founding Fathers created such a free country that the door was opened for anti-Christian thought to set up shop. I liken it to the Old Testament stories where the Israelites were told by God to go into the city and destroy everything. When they failed to do that, bad things were brought upon them. Can you understand, uh, but you can't understand the Founders' thinking. They just left a country where they were told they had one religion to follow. So could things have been done differently to keep the Christian faith at the forefront, yet where free speech and worship would be allowed. No, I don't believe so. Um, because ultimately, the character of the people determines this. And this is the point of limited government. If you truly want to empower government to prevent a society from rebelling against God, then you are going to create a state that will then claim to be the God. 
we are east of Eden here. We're in a fallen world. We aren't guaranteed outcomes of utopianism. There's a reason why, what is it, um, our 242nd or 45th birthday we just celebrated? I can't remember which one it is. There's a reason why that's the longest continued experiment in human freedom in 6,000 years of recorded human history. We're sinners. We're fallen. We can't do this for long periods of time. We just can't. We, we'll turn on each other. We'll try to oppress the other. We'll realize we can vote ourselves money. We'll think government exists to line our pockets. We'll want government to then uh, affirm our sinfulness and our our idols. You know, all the things you're seeing today. So, no, I, I, I don't believe that in the end, even some of the things that they could have done more to truly reign in the courts and everything else, eventually we'd have gotten there slower, but eventually fallen human nature would have just said, I will ascend. I will be like the most high. I'll do what I want. I don't care about your constitution. I don't care about your law. It's always, it's always been about the character of the people. And that's why that phrase government by the consent of the governed matters. That's why I switched the last couple of years and I don't get into the minutia of Republican primaries anymore about who the better candidate is. I realize the people are the problem, not the candidates. That we need better candidates, but they have to come from better people. And then when we get them, they can't win unless the people are better. That's why I focused on challenging and radicalizing you more than picking and choosing and recruiting primary candidates that likely won't win because the people are bad or soft. We got to get tougher. We, gotta get, we have to get radicalized, better informed. The future is won by those who show up. We don't need to have a majority of people who think like us. We just need a few more than we have right now. And then we need the people who claim to think like us to act like they think like that too. Before we get out of here, a reminder in these unprecedented times. Bing. Make sure you dare not get into the Let's Go Brandon real estate market. Without a real estate agent you can trust, where would you find such a person? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. I got blown away when I was on with Glenn on Friday, and Glenn said that they've got a waiting list of thousands of agents waiting to get verified to be included as part of this referral service. So just about anywhere you want to move to or get away from particularly these days, we can help you find an agent that will help you navigate the complexities of a Let's Go Brandon real estate market from stem to stern, from market to close to move. When you go to realestateagentsitrust.com, once more, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Well, we just witnessed a a rarity. All of the submissions this week that Todd chose for uh, Ask Dace Anything uh, were actually answered. Yeah. That's and those were good questions too. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just getting really good at this again. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Don't get cocky. Nah, it's not me. You're right, kid. Don't get cocky. We're gonna tape the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For everybody else, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to two after Glenn Beck. Until then, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.